Hi, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360. I'm your moderator for this podcast, Amanda Balby with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Today, I'm joined by two guests, the co-chairs of the Writing Committee for the 2019 ACC AHA Guideline on the Primary Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease, which was recently published in Circulation and JAMA. Dr. Donna Arnett is a professor of epidemiology and is the Dean of the College of Public Health at the University of Kentucky. She is also the past president of the American Heart Association. Dr. Roger Blumenthal is a professor of medicine, cardiology at Johns Hopkins University and is the director of the Johns Hopkins Sicaroni Center for the Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease. Thank you both for joining me today. Can you start by giving us an overview of the guidelines and how they came about? The guidelines were updated from our prior guidelines, which came out between 2013 and 2014 on on lifestyle with, with some new additions. Every few years, the AACC and AHA systematically update guidelines when there is new information that comes about. And also, this guideline follows a more parsimonious methodology for listing the guidelines in in a very parsimonious format. We also felt that it was important to emphasize that the most important way to prevent uh, not only uh, atherosclerotic vascular disease and heart failure and abnormal heart rhythms like atrial fibrillation was to promote a healthy lifestyle throughout life, and we wanted to emphasize uh, a team-based approach to the prevention of cardiovascular disease. How is the updated guideline different than previous versions? So I'll start out by saying that, as Roger mentioned, team-based approach was an important component. Another important component that differs from our prior guidelines is we had a focus on social determinants of health. And what we mean by that is that We want physicians to work with their patients to understand whether or not there may be drivers that are causing them to not be able to adhere to a healthy lifestyle or to their medications as prescribed. So we're interested in whether they have transportation to get to their clinic or get to the pharmacy. Do they have food insecurity issues? Are they worried about housing or utility assistance? And are they worried about their personal safety when when they're outside exercising? So we recommended specific questions within each of the separate guidelines by the levels of risk factors that we addressed to address those social determinants of health. And I would add that many clinicians sometimes forget to assess a person's health literacy. And there's quite a range of educational levels of the patients who come to see us. And just as Dr. Arnett mentioned, many people have barriers to adhering to a a heart-healthy diet. They may not have a suitable neighborhood environment to uh, do walking or exercise. They may not have good access to facilities for physical activity. And all of these things are, are so important. And we also wanted to emphasize the need for social and family support to help individuals who are trying to stop tobacco use. And we think that's so important to emphasize. And just to build on to Dr. Blumenthal's comments, you know, you asked what was new. So tobacco and recommendations specific to tobacco and recommendations specific to aspirin 
are the two other new elements of these guidelines. Aspirin is no longer recommended in the context of primary prevention of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease among adults 40 to 70 years of age and was listed as a harm for those who were older than 70. That's interesting. Considering that cardiologists have been recommending aspirin for the prevention of CVD for years, can you talk more about why aspirin isn't recommended anymore? So there were three large trials in the year 2018 that surprisingly showed no significant net benefit of aspirin in people who had not had a a prior cardiovascular event. One of the studies focused on people who had diabetes. Another study looked at uh, individuals with multiple risk factors for heart disease. And, And while a number of the studies did show a modest decrease in heart attacks, it was counterbalanced for the most part by an increase in significant GI bleeding. So this is uh, an important area for what we call shared decision-making throughout our document, that physicians need to talk to patients about this newer data and recommendations do change based on uh, new science. And the name of those three studies for those cardiologists is Arrive, Ascend, and Esprit. And interestingly, the number needed to harm was only 210 versus the number needed to treat was 265 to prevent cardiovascular disease. So you actually ended up with a greater bleeding or harm than the benefit. So that's what tilted us in the direction of the new guidelines. What is the key take-home message for cardiologists? I think many cardiologists sometimes forget that lifestyle plays such an important role in the development of heart failure, abnormal heart rhythms, such as atrial fibrillation, as well as uh, heart attacks and strokes, and that if we can motivate people to follow better lifestyle habits earlier in life, we can markedly reduce the incidence of cardiovascular disease. We updated some of the prior recommendations about cardiovascular risk assessment and updated some of the prior guidelines about blood pressure and cholesterol management. We also tried to do a succinct but comprehensive view of what constitutes a healthy diet, and we wanted to emphasize the intake of fruits, vegetables, nuts, whole grains, lean vegetable or animal protein, and and fish. And we wanted to also emphasize that one should try to minimize the intake of trans fats, red meat, processed red meats, and simple refined carbohydrates, and to reduce uh, sweetened beverages. And we also wanted to emphasize the importance of moderate to brisk physical activity. We also talked about some of the newer data that has come forth about how to manage diabetes and some of the newer medications might be second-line consideration right behind the, the use of metformin for individuals with type 2 diabetes. And I think the final take-home message that was a, a bit different and got a lot of headlines right after the guidelines is that aspirin is no longer recommended in the context of primary prevention of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease among adults 40 to 70 years of age and was listed as a harm for those who were older than 70. It's an important factor because cardiologists were used to giving aspirin to people who have had a cardiovascular event and 
these guidelines were focusing on people who have not had a, a prior heart attack or uh, coronary artery stenting procedure. And sometimes there's some gray areas where we know that people may have a, a lot of subclinical disease but have never had an event. So I think clinicians will find this to be a very useful and succinct summary of, of all the important aspects of prevention of cardiovascular disease. Thank you both again for speaking with me about this important guideline. Thank you. Yes, thank you.